For every performance, there is critique. For every experience, there is a review. Thus, for every event, we must invigilate. You're tuned in to The Invigilation with Misa Narrates. All right, so the year's 2020, and I'm doing another podcast, kind of, I think. Well, I mean, you're here, so clearly I'm doing it. But this time around, not necessarily current topics, but a little bit of a reflection on events from yesteryear. So I have been in attendance of every Afropunk Johannesburg Festival since it launched in 2017, and... I recently attended Afropunk Joburg 2019, and I can honestly say this was the best um, run that Afropunk has had in South Africa. Now, a lot of different things happened. There was a lot of moving parts going on, but I think first things first, where maybe other years were very difficult was partially because of the weather. So 2019, we had no rain on both December 30th and 31st. If there was rain, it was like sprinkles here and there. But the Afropunk team was definitely prepared for that. And and they were actually prepared for worse if we're keeping it 100. Um, They, as soon as you enter the gates, they offered these branded like raincoats. It glorified trash bags that were cut to be raincoats, but perfect. I still have one because I didn't have to use it. What I used mine for instead was um, when I got really tired, I would just kind of put it on the, the grass and then I'd sit on that and I'd be a happy camper for the next hour or so or however long I decided to sit down. But getting into like the acts and the show itself, I was very much impressed with, you know, how they worked the stage, what happened. So the stage was a little bit different this year. Usually there are two stages, you know, standard, and then the DJ's booth is kind of, was elevated in the air at the 2017 and the 2018 Afropunks. This time around, the DJ booth was, you know, on the, was not in the air in any way. So definitely for, you know, DJs that, are more one with the crowd and kind of want that, you know, hype man there. Like a few DJs brought out a hype person. Um, that was a better setup. And it's just the fluidity with which the stages moved. But anyway, let's focus on day one. So day one, the headliners that we saw were Miguel and Neo. Um, but before they kind of even touched the stage, we had all sort like an assortment of acts. So some of the DJs that I really enjoyed were Fifla, um, Bateku. I loved Lilo What's Good during the championship ball. Um, I enjoyed Durban Goko set as well. And Jazz Disciples, I, I've, I've seen them play before at a, a another event. And I think by the time they got on the stage, I was just tired. You know, and I needed to move around and, and kind of, you know, get the blood going um, and get the blood flowing. But they pr- they played a good set. I do remember, you know, being impressed with that set. So then we move on, right? And we have performances from... Um, actually, we're not even going to get into the performances. I'm skipping over some things. 
let's talk about first the championship ball. So the championship ball was pretty much for anybody who's ever watched Pose, it was like watching a live um, ball uh, 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 ballroom space from Pose on an Afropunk stage, which is just one, it's in line with Afropunk's ethos and ideologies, first of all. So on that, in that front, um, you know, good on Afropunk. But really, I think the beauty of it for me watching was that, you know, Lilo What's Good is, you know, a DJ and started this thing called Vogue Nights and Josie. And that is a space for, you know, um, the LGBTQIA plus community to really just have a moment and dance and be themselves and perform. It's, it's so performative. And as somebody who loves the performing arts, just that space as its own thing is amazing to see. Now then to see it on a stage like Afropunk is even more amazing, especially because Lelo hasn't, you know, it's not as if Lelo has been in the game for 10, 15 years, but he's, you know, put in his legwork. So seeing him be able to have a moment like that, where something that he's worked so hard to build can be in, in that space and on that stage, that was just really beautiful to see. And on top of which, the queens and the, the performers that participated in the show, absolutely amazing. I think that was low-key the highlight of um, Afropunk Day 1 for me. And then you had performances, right? So you had performances from an assortment of folks, but I'm not gonna speak about all of them. I'm gonna touch on a few. So Strava performed, um, and his performance was met with, you know, some booing crowds. We, we have to, you know, be very honest about this. In October 2019, he was um, named as an abuser by a former um, intimate partner of his, and the way that the Afropunk ethos and values are set up, a lot of people assumed that he would be taken off the lineup, and he wasn't. You know, he his his brand outside of that incident is in line with um, you know the Afropunk sonic ideologies, but when it comes to behavior, it was believed that um, he should have been taken off the lineup. He was not, he did perform. The booing was talked about on Twitter, but it was very, it, it didn't, the booing did not get him off stage or, or you know, move a whole lot of people, but there was movement during his set of people leaving the stage. Um, and that, that speaks volumes to the fact that South Africa is just not willing right now to pretend all the time. I'm not gonna suggest that, you know, the booing and the moving around meant that there weren't even more people cheering and enjoying. But it is to say that the tides are changing. And it's something that Afropunk is going to need to keep in mind with, with the years that, that come. Um, but we'll see what happens with next year's lineup and how they go about curating their show. So then you also had Shoma Josie who performed, right? Now, Shoma Josie had not performed for most of December. And that was on account of, the, of, of her sister's untimely uh, passing by way of a car accident. So her taking, first of all, her taking the stage at all was a massive achievement for any musician and for her fans. It was definitely a moment to share with her. She kept 
you know, her eyes relatively dry. She didn't cry on stage, even though I would have burst out and boohooed and, and cried and you couldn't get me to do anything if something like that happened in my family, um, at least for, you know, a month or two. But she, like a true artist, she showed up and she performed, you know, and Shuma Jizzy has this thing about, like, it, it, it's about her. She does not, she does not move in the ways that we expect recording artists to move. So she will debut a song on Colors, not having announced what the song is, no no link to any kind of download store, anything, nothing. And then the song will blow, and then eventually, when she's good and damn well ready, she'll give us you know, the content around it, be it the download link or the streaming link, etc. So she does her set at Afropunk, high energy, um, just really amazing, really, really amazing work. And I think the thing that I love about her is that when she moves, you would swear that her face is not connected to her body because she'll have, not a blank expression obviously, but she'll have one expression and it's so calm, it's so confident. And then when you look down, like her skirt, her, her shibalane is just moving and her legs are moving and she's jumping up and down and it's just amazing to see. First of all, I think just big, big ups to Shoma Josie for that. Um, Neo, is an artist from the UK whom I really didn't know before the festival, to, to, to be honest. But I was pleasantly, not surprised, I shouldn't say surprised because I expected her, it is required of her to be brilliant. Um, I was pleasantly entertained because she was dynamic. She moved from you know side to side of the stage. She engaged the audience. And more so than that, I think I really liked how she busted out onto the stage. She did not use the stage that she was allocated to start her set. She went to the VIP on the right flank of the stage, started singing from there, and then like ran across. It was just, it was very cinematic. And I think that when you have a festival of any kind and you have, you know, a set stage, it's always really cool to see artists go outside of the bounds when it comes to when it comes to you know how they perform so you in previous years moonchild sanelli jumped off the stage got into the center of you know the pitch and performed from there and then you know you had all of the afropunk cameras kind of scrambling to try and um try and, and get cameras on it and you saw some really cool camera angles that year as well so seeing Neo move from you know one side of the stage to the next operate from the VIP section and run across to the actual stage eventually it was really nice she was dressed pristinely with this gold number and fringe and every time she moved she just looked like this ball of sunshine and it was really just lovely to see um, with really vocal and, and even with all that movement, I think the one thing that is always very disappointing is when an artist moves around that much and then you have a situation where they don't have the range. Like, you should not be moving that much, sis, you can't sing. That is not Neo's, um, that is not her portion. She can, she has pipes and they are strong. And even with the issues around sound at Afropunk, which is really just, I don't know if I should be disappointed or if I should just be unsurprised because audiovisual um, connectivity at events in South Africa, I have just found to be really lacking, but, but that's neither here nor there. She performed really well. Her vocals were very strong. I was very, very impressed. Um, and then that leads us to who performed next. I, I really, I can't remember. I think, 
if my memory serves correctly. Oh, uh, yeah. So Busiswa performed before Miguel. Now, I enjoy Busiswa's music, genuinely. I think Gom sounds the way that it does and is recognizable because of some of her contributions. Um, however, I do not believe she is a strong performing artist. I was just thoroughly unimpressed throughout the duration of her set for various reasons, and I'll list a few of them. So one, she got very tired very quickly, you know? So the, the, the range, her vocals were fine. Like she could sing her songs when she chose to sing her songs. Like she did a lot of preaching, a lot of Jesus is good, which is fine, I guess, in certain spaces. But I don't know. I, I, I wanted to hear her songs. And I heard a lot more of other people's songs than her songs. And then like small rookie errors that I feel just should not have happened in the first place. So if you're a solo artist, you need to have an odd, um, an even number of, of dancers so that you are the, the center, you know? So with her, it was it, I found that she had an even amount, an odd amount of dancers, which meant that there were an even amount of, of performing performers on stage. But then her dancers were doing a whole lot and, and it seemed at some point like they were performing more, they were outperforming her or they were in her spaces and she wasn't centered and I wanted her to have that moment to herself. Um, I, I was, yeah, I, I really don't have much to report on that one. I was very unimpressed with that set. I would like to see her again because I'd like to believe that it, it, it maybe was the fact that she had a very, very long set in comparison to her counterparts. But let's move on and let's talk about Miguel, okay? So Miguel, I have not heard a lot of buzz about him for a little bit. He's been, you know, on this side of the world at least, he's been quite quiet. Um, nevertheless, he performed for the first time in South Africa, which also just, okay, sidebar, that's unimpressive. It's very unimpressive that he's gone on world tours and conveniently never stopped in South Africa. But I think that's a conversation that we can maybe have another time. Um, but for now, he's been in the game. He's, he, he was very happy about the fact that he'd been in the game for 10 years and he's finally returned home. That's how he called it. He says, I, I, you know, he said, I, I get to perform at home. And that was beautiful. A lot of some people took it the other the wrong way on Twitter, talking about how they resent when Americans um, when Americans acknowledge or 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 note their genealogy. Um, I think we need to just Africans and African Americans need to be a lot more understanding of each other and a lot more gracious towards each other on both sides. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about that side of his social politics. 
Um, his performance was amazing, to say the least. Like, that's understating what it was. He interacted with the crowd. He spoke to people specifically in the audience. He made everyone swoon. He, you know, left the stage very dramatically saying, bye guys, you know, as if his set was done. And then he came back and performed more, a couple more songs. You know, he kept, he kept hinting that he might get into the crowd. A part of me wanted him to do it, the other part of me was worried for him and his safety. Not because anything bad would happen, but because I really feel like it was already so charged in the air. Like everybody was just so enamored with him. I feel like everyone would have fainted if he so much as touched the crowd. Um, so for that reason, I'm glad he stayed on the stage, but he's a, he's such a great performer, as in, by the time I got home, when I, you know, when I finally saw my parents after both days of Afropunk, I told my dad, I was like, in your lifetime, you have to see Miguel. Like, there's no, there's no two ways about it. But for me, that was the best of day one um, from a performing act point of view. And, you know, the, but the festival is more than just performing acts, right? So there's the photography that's going on, there's the fashion that's going on, and then there's also like what I like to do, which is people watch, you know, and, and kind of gauge the crowd. So with regards to the photography, I was very impressed to see different types of photographers. I was very impressed to see more photographers this year, and particularly very, very impressed to not see the photographers that one would generally expect from such a big event. I felt that this year there was opportunity, there was more opportunity for people to be able to produce content um, with different narratives in mind. Now, the first year Trevor Sturman shot for Vogue, for I believe Italian Vogue, if I'm not mistaken, and he's since continued. So he set up this, um, this photo booth area, right? So a backdrop, beautiful backdrop, and had people you know, come into the, the, the space and, and have their photographs taken, um, depending on you know, what they were wearing and, and you know, whether or not they fit his, his vision for the day. Now, this year, instead of just his, I saw, I would, I would say two or three booth setups. So you can see that there are more people contributing to the space, there are more people um, creating. Do I like the photo booth all the time? To an extent. So one thing that I find is, what I found disappointing about the photography this year was that there was more emphasis on posed images, editorial style posed images. Now, you can't have 10 photographers producing similar style work in one setting. That's useless and pointless. So I would have liked to see more candid um, photograph uh, 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 photographs and portraits that weren't so posed or weren't so staged. In the week, it's been about a week since Afropunk, I have not seen that content hit social media yet. I'm sure some of it is still coming. There are probably very many people who just have not posted and are gonna do something else with the content. But I would like to see in years to come um, different variations of photography styles. So, you know, we're gonna leave the photography conversation there. The fashion this year 
in comparison to others was not as avant-garde or as um as meticulous and mass as it was in in previous years people everybody looked beautiful i think i believe everybody looked beautiful and that's really low key also the only thing that's important so this isn't to judge the fashion it's just to say that in the previous years i saw a lot more people trying to embody what it was to be at afropunk from a visual point of view and this year i saw people being more carefree and more i wouldn't say uncaring because you know everybody looked good but i would say that they were more casual about their appearance in terms of the performance art of fashion um and then the type of crowd this was the best crowd yet i i personally feel aside from what they chose to wear this year's or last year's crowd the 2019 afropunk jober crowd was the best crowd i have ever experienced at the festival um it was just it, it just there was an air of hope and so maybe that has to do with the fact that it was a turn that you know the turn of the decade or or whatever but i i i could get behind it i i liked it quite a bit Um you know so day one ends we go through the photography we see the fashion we see the type of crowds so you kind of know what's also coming um by the time day 2 rolls around so day 2 similar to day 1 different performing artists i did not this year actually or or last year i should rather say i was not pedantic about arriving early you know i arrived when it suited me and I really just got to enjoy the festival. I think that might have been the best part, just enjoying the festival. I didn't have my phone out too much. You know, I wasn't trying to do the most with social media or anything of that nature. I was just there to really view everything and and I think that's also a better way to do festivals. Um but besides the point, we've moved on. We're now at day 2 of the festival. I think the performing acts that I enjoyed the most were Moranele Raba, Zoe Modiga, um and that's it. Yeah. And that was the day that we had Masego and Solange and Goldlink. We'll get to them shortly. <laughs> we'll get to them shortly. So Moranele Raba, I first saw at House of Bands in 2019. Amazing band. An amazing band. Performance artists of note. and just so afropunk like it makes complete sense why they were booked so i i was very glad to see them again if you have not seen them before if you're not familiar with their sound or their 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 music really um do yourself a favor and just tune in however briefly you decide then zoe modiga i hope i'm saying her name properly I had never seen her before. I had never heard of her before, and I was blown away. I was mesmerized. Firstly, she was dressed impeccably. I love an artist that gives me a look on stage and makeup and, you know, rockstar aesthetics and oh my goodness, she was amazing. She was effervescent. Um a performance artist of note. So, she's classically trained. Um she's a classically trained musician and you can hear it. in her production in how she sings in how she performs she has you know she has range she didn't get tired she didn't a, a note was never flat 
breathiness was never a factor. You could hear her consistently, even through the sound issues of the day. She was amazing. She had a, a, a dancer come out and join her, and it was a contemporary dancer. And what I find a lot of the time sometimes is that contemporary dance can become very contrived in a very negative way um, where musicians try to marry that art form to you know their their musical art uh their musical uh discipline but not zoe oh she was amazing like i'm i'm very excited to see her again like i want to see her again if you have not seen her before if you not have not heard her before tune in find her music and just enjoy you know so then we had zara julius she was a dj now zara played more like a selector instead of a DJ. However, I think that has to do with the fact that she played vinyls. And so there was also an, a, a bit of nostalgia to it, but I, 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 I appreciated it, but I don't think it was the best fit for me, for my tastes, or for the Afropunk space on that particular stage. Like she might've done better in a different section, but not at that stage, unfortunately. So the other DJ who, interesting, it's an interesting cat, DJ Ken Zero. Um, yeah, mixed reviews for the gent, hey? He's a brilliant DJ. I don't think anybody can deny that. He is skilled and adept, but his song choices were very interesting. <laughs> um, to, to take us into the new year, a lot of us expected Mappiano, and we got Bob Marley, uh, which isn't bad necessarily. I, I think, from a, from an ethos point of view, from a, an ideology point of view, but from a groovish point of view, um, DJ Kenzero might have might have dropped the ball for a lot of people. But uh, you know, we move, we continue. Now, Masego was an excellent performer. I'm not gonna speak too much on him because I also feel like he is an honorary South African citizen at this point. Um, he's, he's, he's here at least once every six months. From, from, you know, from 2019, he was here all the time. Uh, or it felt like that. So he performed very well, still maintained his swagger and his you know, charm and, and you know, the likes. Um, members of the press might have other sentiments, but uh, from a performing point of view, Masego was a solid, solid act. Um, we're gonna get into Gold Link just now, but I wanna touch on Solange before then, right? So Solange missed her 2017 appearance at Afropunk, for which reason she was, you know, contracted to come back. Now, in 2016, she dropped a seat at the table very black conscious, very R&B, very soul, um, very relatable, very palatable to the African, South African market. Recently, her most recent album, um, shoot, I can't even remember the name right now, but her most recent project was not nearly as well received as, um, as a seat at the table was. So, Obviously, because she's come this year, she would then be performing songs 
from the most recent, you know, uh, the most recent project. I'm going to search right now what that project was called. Um, and once the search result comes up, we can refer to it accurately. So she had sound issues, but that, you know, again, she apologized for them on stage. And what I think I really enjoyed about her set more so than anything else was that she acknowledged the fact that she needed to give South Africans a performance. When I Get Home, that's the name of the 2019 album she released. Um, she acknowledged the fact that she needed to give the South African community and audience a performance um, and, and, and give it her, her best. Was, is she an amazing performer? Definitely. Is, was her performance selection um, the best for, for, for Afropunk? I don't know. I, I, I found that during her set, a lot of people were, I don't wanna say confused, but they, they definitely weren't as in tune or in touch with her. There were moments where all of us could you know, participate um, when songs like Cranes in the Sky came on, when she played For Us by Us. Um, but aside from that, When I Get Home was not nearly as well received as, as A Seat at the Table. And it showed in how the crowd engaged her performance. But as a performing artist, she was brilliant. She actually got into the stage, performed in such a candid way. I almost, and maybe it's the fact that I almost wish that I watched her in a different setting because to watch Solange outside almost feels like to watch a really hard hitting, gritty film outdoors, which is not something I would do nor recommend. You know, I wanna watch Moonlight, for instance, in a cinema. I wanna get all of it. You know, I wanna focus exclusively on that. I don't wanna, you know, be focused on the car next door at the outdoor cinema, etc. Solange is one of those artists where I feel like I wanna see her in a gallery. I wanna see her in a, an intimate setting because she puts so much into the performance art of her music. Um, but she, she, she definitely did perform well. And I think, I'm pleased to have seen her, but I, I think I need to see her in a better setting, in a different setting. Now onto Goldlink. So first of all, Goldlink is just a very interesting character, busy talking about a dead man um, without a modicum of respect. And, you know, I always, I understand when people are like, you know, if someone was a terrible person, just because they've passed on does not mean we need to, you know, pretend that they were an amazing character, et cetera, et cetera. But Mac Miller is believed to have been an amazing character. Um, and the, the, the thievery that Goldlink accused him of was just foolishness, to be truly honest. It wasn't thievery, it, you know, you, Nobody can reinvent the wheel, and Goldlink just needed to have understood that. So that, you know, just let's get that out of the way. And then, um, what else was wrong? So, yes, Goldlink said motherfucker I don't know how many times. He just kept calling the crowd. Either he was calling the crowd motherfucker or he was talking about a motherfucker, but he kept doing it in such a way that it just became so distracting, one. And two, 
I believe for the first 10 minutes of his set, his DJ was performing more than him because I could hear his DJ more than I could hear him, and that is a problem for me. So even if there is a sound issue, I've mentioned previously, other artists had sound issues, but they worked through them, they worked around them. Gold Link, either he had stage fright and took a while to warm up, or I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was just not impressed. I was not, I, I was not impressed enough to understand why I was seeing what I was seeing. But you know, he, uh, his fans received him well enough, and sometimes that's all you can ask for. Um, DJ MoMA. So this is the 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 best part. I think I feel instead of the years before where, you know, it's the last show and then you kind of just leave Afropunk and, and that's it for the festival. This time around, um, they, they created an after party. And the after party was literally like right there at, um, at, at the, the event with DJ MoMA, a US-based DJ who played my piano, who played our songs, our tracks, low-key. He played the set we were all expecting from Ken Zero, but you know, we won't go there. We won't talk about that for too long. It was amazing, it was amazing. And people were obviously, you know, some of them were tired, some of them were on their way out, etc., etc. but it was just really fun. Really, really fun. From the pitch area where the stages were to even where, you know, the bars where everyone was moving and dancing and shaking and it was wonderful. It was, it was beautiful stuff. Um, so yeah, that was day two in terms of its performances. But the other thing that I really want to make sure that we touch on is the sponsors, right? Namely, Always and Hague Club. Now, Always did what I believe is the best type of activation at a festival. Everybody needs the bathroom, right? And nobody likes a porta potty. And a porta potty, in you know how we call it in the United States, we call it a porta potty or a porta john. Those portable toilets are disgusting. There is never a time where they are amazing and they are great. However, always did what every brand should attempt to do. They fitted Afropunk with these like quote unquote luxury uh, luxury lavatories. And there was a nice cute little sink and the seat was clean and it smelled fresh and it was just hygienic. It was just hygienic. And on top of having these, you know, um, luxury lavatories, there's a section where People can touch up their makeup and have baby wipes at their disposal, at their disposal, and and um, lotions. And you could try out Olay products, and they gave you samples of always um, pads. Now I'm a tampon girl personally, um, but I appreciated the pad. I like I appreciated that they they handed out samples of their products, etc. Like truly amazing stuff. They if. I, I was not necessarily wedded to Always before, but I'm more inclined to reach for their products. And that's what that kind of thing at an, at an event does when you give people what they need. Oh, on top of that, I think even more important, a charging station. I don't know why brands have just been sleeping on the fact that people wanna be able to charge their phones and their power banks and take you know selfies and great lighting. Like that is the best activation station. You know, so kudos to the people who have the Always account. They did all of the things and then some. 
And the next, you know, group we're gonna talk about, the next sponsor that really outdid themselves was Hague Club, right? So, Hague Club came in with, you know, a section of their own. And one, their drinks were far more affordable than the other drinks that were at the at the bar, at the Afropunk, at the general Afropunk bar. Their drinks were very, very affordable, so that was just an added bonus. And then the aesthetics in there were just brilliant. Like the, the section to take pictures, there was very comfortable seating. It was just beautiful. It was, it was aesthetically pleasing to the eye. And it was just a great reprieve for when you were done with, you know, whatever was going on, you needed to take a break. You know, I saw people that maybe got a little too lit and they went to that section and it was just lovely. Truly, truly lovely. Um, if anything, I will say this. Hague Club, in a way that Jin had and has been having a moment in pop culture in South Africa and Groover's culture particularly. Um, for the past, I'd say two years, Hague Club makes whiskey youthful and sexy. And that activation only further emphasized that, you know, we can be gin and whiskey babies. So for my drinkers, for those who enjoy a good cocktail, consider, you know, adding a shot of Hague Club to whatever mix you are making because it is quite the versatile, um, quite the versatile drink. So overall, um, that was Afropunk 2019. It was, Better planned, better executed, the attendance was lovely, and the energy was just top-notch. I mentioned two years ago that the cost of food and the cost of drinks was... Uh, yeah, I'm still not impressed where, where food and drinks come into play, but I suppose that that's just like something you deal with at a place like Afropunk, um, at a festival like Afropunk. So, so perhaps it means that we need to see new vendors come in and different price points, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This year, they were cashless. Actually, that's very important to mention. They were cashless. Did I like the cashless system? I don't know. I don't know, personally. I don't know if I ever like a cashless system, only because there are ways to be cashless without having people have to like load a card and, and route their money through Afropunk or through Howler. They used Howler for this. So you had an option to load through the card that you paid online, or you had an option to go in person on the day and load, fill, you know, fill up your card. Um, I don't like the idea of having to route my money through Howler, simply because what happens if I load more than I use? Or what happens if I, being a frugal person, load just enough and then I go over and then it's like, oh shoot, I have to go back and reload um, and you know, I can't do it on the app for whatever reason, etc., etc. I just, I don't like that system. I feel like it would be so much easier if, um, they just insisted that people use Zapper and SnapScan and, and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like it would be so much easier. But again, maybe not because people's phones die, etc. Like, you know, there's so many ways to consider, there's so many ways to think about it. Was there less thievery, perhaps? 
Phones still went missing, I heard. Things were still stolen, I was told. But, you know, at least people weren't losing cash. So maybe that's a good thing. But that was Afropunk 2019. That was how I perceived it to be. Would I recommend anyone go to the next one? Yes, I would. This is the first time where I feel confident enough to say Afropunk Johannesburg is a festival that you should consider as um, your New Year's Eve plans if you're going to be in South Africa or if you're going to be in Johannesburg. But that's it for me on that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, let me know what you think by commenting and sharing and let me know what other festivals you'd like for me to give my thoughts on and some people who you feel like you want to hear from regarding what they think of a festival or of an event. But until the next invigilation, thanks for tuning in. Bye.